I don't want anyone to feel like we're implying that it comes down to this like individual moral sense of <laughs> do you personally as an individual think your stress is healthy or unhealthy and that's going to be the thing that either damns you or blesses you for the rest of your life on a macro cultural level and micro cultural level we can be really influenced by these things like there's a lot of cultures that are non-western non-american cultures where the response to stress is maybe a little bit more feeling like stress is going to be a predictable part of life and an understandable part of life and it's going to happen versus i do think that american and to a certain extent other western cultures have received more of this baggage of you need to be working all the time and that's how you are good and you shouldn't really be stressed about that and it shouldn't really be bad and your life should be comfortable and if you're doing things right you'll be both working all the time and also not stressed about it i mean think about it it's, it's like everyone wild. tells yeah. you growing up if you find your dream job you're never gonna work a day in your life which is like not true even <laughs> no. if you do have your dream job Welcome to the Multi-Amory Podcast. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. We believe in looking to the future of relationships, not maintaining the status quo of the past. So whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, swinging, casually dating, or if you just do relationships differently, we see you and we're here for you. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about the concept of eustress, the idea that not all stress is bad, and in fact, stress is actually necessary for your quality of life. In this episode, we're exploring the difference between healthy and unhealthy stress, looking at some of the effects of stress, and then exploring what the research tells us about ways we can decrease our bad stress and increase our good stress so that we can lead more happy, healthy, and fulfilling lives. Now, I have a question for you. Yes. Are you a good stress or are you a bad stress? Depends <laughs> on the day. If Ooh, that's good. a house was dropped on your sister, are you going to feel good stress or bad stress? Mm. Depends what I think of her. You're a very, I mean, I, okay, now this is an interesting chemistry between me, Glinda, and Emily, the very Wednesday Adams version of <laughs> Dorothy. Hey, if I get to be Christina Ricci, sure. Yeah. Christina Ricci playing Judy Garland playing Dorothy. Uh, that'd be pretty Sure. Yeah, I, yeah that's good. And who's Jason like in the that. middle of this? He's all the munchkins. <laughs> yes, that sounds about right. <laughs> It sounds about right. Yeah. So. What are you, Dedeker? Are you a good stress or a, or a bad stress? Obviously, I'm a good stress because I'm sitting here in my big fluffy pink dress and waving a, a magic wand around. So, you know, yeah. I'm a good stress. Well, that's good. I mean, <sighs> this has been a, a year of stress, in my opinion. Um, maybe maybe not just for, for me and for the two of you, but for all of you listeners out there as well. There have oh, been most likely. many stresses that this year mm -hmm. has uh, has given us. Yeah. So, so what is stress? Let's look at that. Well, okay, when we look up the definition of stress, it's either a technical term or a negative physiological or psychological response that causes harm. Yikes. And, okay, dictionary.com says that it is a specific response by the body to a stimulus as fear or pain that disturbs or interferes with the normal physiological equilibrium of an organism. Wow, so not just like humans, like anyone, any anything, any being, 
Right. So, I mean, a lot of research on stress is done on, on rats or things like that, too. So, Sadly, or mice or whatever. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, and Miriam Webster said that it's a physical, chemical, or emotional factor that causes bodily or mental tension and may be a factor in disease causation. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I think pretty clearly we're used to stress being a concept that we are all plagued by constantly all the time too much. And also it's a bad thing that we need to de-stress or detox or recharge or, you know, so much, I think so much of our um, economy of mental and emotional well-being right now is based on how do we deal with stress? How do we get rid of it? How do we reduce it? And it's very demonized. It's like stress kills you right it's like stress causes you to to have heart attacks or stress causes depression or you know all sorts of things it's like very much not like wrong. stress 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 not wrong definitely scientifically based um but let's get a little bit more specific so in 1974 the hungarian canadian endocrinologist hans selye made this distinction between negative stress and positive stress and that's what we're referring to by distress versus you stress or are you a good witch are you a bad witch (laughs) so so distress is what we might normally associate just with the term stress so as in we're unable to completely adapt to whatever it is that is stressing us it decreases our focus and our performance Uh, we can show maladaptive behaviors like aggression or passivity or withdrawal or any kind of the classic fight flight freeze fawn reactions Fawn? yeah i've fawning. never heard that one before yeah yeah i mean i don't want to go on too much of a tangent there but yeah fawning in reaction to a threat kind of being um like submission or subservience okay. oh, sometimes i've done that, I've done oh, that for yeah. sure <laughs> oh yeah 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 we all have uh and of course something that i think is fairly obvious to most of us is that stress or, or distress can come from many different directions many different influences can come from work school your peers your family your relationships major life changes the world in general etc cetera, etc cetera. a pandemic And as Dedeker said before, constant distress has been clearly linked to the six leading causes of death, disease, accidents, cancer, liver disease, lung ailments, and suicide. And occupational stress is estimated to cost the U.S. economy between $200 and $300 billion a year. Yeah, that could be putting is... that money somewhere else. Right. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if we put that money somewhere good instead of just stressing out our workforce more? Yeah. And more? Yeah. Okay. So, so then, so that's distress. And then by contrast, we have eustress. And eustress is spelled E U stress. Uh, and it's from the, I always forget which is which, if it's Latin or Greek, but the prefix for good. Uh, so eustress, by contrast. EU. Like a euphonium like or a, like a euphoria. Yeah, that's a good euphoria. One. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is defined by our ability to adapt to this stress is challenged, but not completely overwhelmed like it is with distress. And so our reaction to it can be to be excited by it. Basically, mm. the goal is not too far out of reach, but is still slightly more than we can handle. It's not just like, oh, yeah, it's a little bit, whatever. It's like, no, it is a little bit out of our reach, but not too far. Uh, it's short term. Like, you don't have chronic eustress. <laughs> like, each sort of eustress instance is on its own. It's associated with hope and active engagement. 
and it has been shown to have a positive correlation with life satisfaction and hope, as well as physical recovery and immunity. And it's also associated with being in a flow state, which is something blo- like bloggers love to write or, about. Oh, what do you mean by like a flow state? Like a, like a, how an athlete is like in the zone? Right. Like that yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, it's when you're in the zone. It's like when you're theta, in, wa- theta waves, right? Uh, is related maybe, to yeah. that. Yeah, it's like, you know, when I'm you're... I'm not a brain scientist. When you're a writer and you're just like in the zone, it's just like coming out of you, right? The muse is speaking through you or you're an athlete and you're just like so focused on what you're doing. Or you're playing a video game and you're just like so engaged in it. It's like your mind is like water flowing through the game. You know, it's like that type of experience is associated with eustress and is by some people kind of seen as sort of the ultimate manifestation of this kind of good stress, this eustress. And that leads to life satisfaction and health improvements and stuff, which is pretty wild. So there are some good or I guess positive effects of stress. So let's talk about some of them. What if, what if we didn't um, even say they're positive? Even. They're just effects. That okay, like, too much effects. can be bad, too little could be bad. It's kind of it's all about balance, right? Well, even distress, it can boost the immune system temporarily. And I think about this when I have a cocktail at night. I'm like, I'm boosting my immune system temporarily because I'm putting stress on it. It's that kind of thing. As in you're stressing it with alcohol or stressing yes. it with the rest of your life? I'm possibly both, but, I, but in that particular moment, I'm stressing it with the cocktail. And then I get a little immune boost i don't know i've heard that like i i don't know if that's true but but i thought sure. that i have heard things like that's why a glass of wine a day or something is fine ish i maybe. don't know if that's so- sound okay but this is not we'll the topic okay, of the episode whatever here. it's fine listen <laughs> so it does distress boosts the immune system temporarily and if the distress goes away in a reasonable amount of time then the body will return back to normal but if the stress is chronic, the immune system kind of burns itself out and it ends up uh, functioning at a way lower capacity. Yes. Yeah. Which leads to all, you know, chronic health problems ailments. that we've talked about in other ailments. Yeah. It, or um, it can also lead to it staying elevated and having too boosted of an immune system is also bad. That's where we get into mm. things like lupus, you know, or where your right. immune system's out of control or arthritis or something like that. Not, not that right. stress necessarily causes those, but... We want it. I just want to keep emphasizing that we want balance, that we don't want just immune system off the rails all the time. And we also don't want it suppressed. We want to find that balance. Right. And stress can also influence our memory. So our memory is actually enhanced by short term stress, but long term chronic stress will decrease. Um, Interesting. And again, like stress doesn't make us for instance, you know, lose memories like something like Alzheimer's might. Uh, It just makes the neural pathways in our brain atrophy so that it's harder to retrieve those memories when we're having chronic stress. And also, even though we normally associate stress with adrenaline, it also causes us to produce oxytocin. And we talked about this a little bit with Dr. Rhonda Freeman a few episodes ago. So in other words, our body chemistry by releasing oxytocin when we're stressed, it's encouraging us to get social, to connect, to reach out to others for support. It's actually quite adaptive. And not only that, our stress response actually helps our bodies heal from the damage that we may receive from stress. So that oxytocin comes in to not only encourage us to socialize and connect to others, but also to heal whatever damage that stress may have been causing to us. 
Yeah. So that, that like impulse to reach out is important, but also in doing that, you'll help boost your oxytocin even further by, you know, establishing social connections with people. And that will also help you to repair from damage the stress does. That's so cool. So, okay. This, the, I was going to say it's the last time I'm going to say this, but it's probably not. Oh, it's definitely not. <laughs> that it's all about balance, right? This, is, this whole episode is about balance. And I think that's sort of the, the key with eustress and distress is that it's not that like they're two totally different things. They're not caused by different things. Like the same thing could be either distress or eustress to you or to someone else. Uh, and even for yourself, the same stressor could go from being distressed to eustress or the other way. So with all of this, it's kind of more about this balance. Like we said, of it's pushing you a little bit outside your comfort zone, but not so far out that there's that, that panic, give up, helpless sort of feeling. So this balance can be different for different people based on personality, life experiences, economic situation, health situation, you know, so many different things. So with all of this, uh, I don't want us to get into these, like this specific type of thing is eustress and this specific one is distress. Instead, this is about how you can take as many things as possible and turn them toward eustress from distress or how to decrease the amount of bad stress in your life and perhaps increase the amount of good stress. Because if you don't have any stress, that's actually not good for you either. That leads to apathy and boredom and impaired attention and confusion. And like that's, that's not good either. This also reminds me of something that came up, I think, in our bonus episode with Dr. Rhonda Freeman last week, where she was talking about games to help you get back your prefrontal cortex functioning need to have like a timed component or have like a little bit of stress that keeps you focused. There needs to be some consequences. It can't just be, oh, I'm playing with the Koi Pond app or I'm just sort of waving my finger around and the water splashes. It's like there have to be some stakes to get you engaged. And so that reminded me a lot of this, that idea of you want there to be something that's just stressful enough to get you engaged, but not so stressful that it leads to panic. All right. So with all that said, how do we have more good stress and less bad stress? More good witches, fewer bad witches. That's <laughs> <Yes>. my platform. <laughs> there you go. And and there is something to keep in mind with all of this, that we as humans are not all starting on an even playing field. So as Jace kind of said, like based on socioeconomic status, just where you were born, how you grew up, who you are, uh, all of those things may make your life easier or not as easy as someone else's. And so certain types of stress may also have a larger impact on some people than others. So something to think about from that standpoint. Stress is also influenced by hereditary predispositions, as well as expectations of the society and culture that you're growing up in. So again, you could already be at a certain advantage or a disadvantage toward experiencing eustress more easily or more naturally. So all that to say is just be gentle with yourself. You know, we want y'all to be able to gently move in the direction of experiencing more types of good stress in your life rather than bad stress. But if you're experiencing bad stress, it doesn't mean that you are a failure by any means. 
So something that can help shift the balance towards more of this eustress and away from distress is enjoying new things. So it's as simple as experiencing new things. And if you believe that experiencing novelty in some way has an importance in your world, you're more likely to experience flow. And it is really funny. I read a study that came out like right when the pandemic was happening, right when lockdown was just kicking into gear. And the study was like, yeah, it turns out that novel experiences are like really fundamental to our our happiness as human beings. <laughs> yeah. So enjoy sitting in your house for, you know, however many <laughs> months year? from now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> no wonder it just... Uh, okay, so perception of control is another thing that can help get that good stress in your life as opposed to maybe the bad stress. So people with an internal locus of control, they have an increased chance of flow or being in the zone, as we talked about, because they believe that they can increase their skill level to match the challenge. That's really interesting. I mean, again, that's kind of like perception of oneself and just, hey, like I... I feel like I can overcome this challenge, like however big or small it is. Uh, that's it's an interesting thing to think about in terms of one's stress or stress responses. Yeah, it, it actually, when Dedeker was talking about the novelty being so important and thinking about being stuck at home, that I know I've seen online, at least, that a lot of people early on in lockdown picked up new hobbies or things yeah. like that. And actually learning a new hobby is specifically something that's mentioned in a lot of the research and the writings about eustress, that that is an example of not just doing a hobby, but learning a new one. Because there's this kind of like, I don't know how to build ships in bottles <laughs> or <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, right? I don't know how to do that. But if I'm excited enough by that challenge, then I can get in the zone and, and learn it. Yeah, I started cooking a ton more during this time and new dishes that were a little bit more challenging that like required more prep and forethought and stuff. And my partner was like, why are you cooking so much? And I said, because it's it's helping me cope. It's helping me like get my <laughs> yeah. stressors out and yeah, do like a fun, new, challenging thing. Jeez, looking at gift horse in the mouth. I know, Come seriously. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so many studies show, especially in work settings, that the more decision-making power an employee has, the greater their commitment to their role will be. And this translates into increased levels of performance and job satisfaction. That yeah, makes sense. I think this one's so cool that, yeah, that, you know, we talked about the internal locus of control versus external. Like if you believe you have some power over your situation, like if you believe that you have the power to overcome something, you're more likely to experience eustress and flow. But that if you think about a workplace where there's some where it's just like, do what I tell you and don't think about it. Versus, okay, here's the thing, you can make some decisions about how to go about that, that that's actually, I think, ironically, if we think about, you know, the industrial revolution and treating people like machines, that that actually makes them less focused, less healthy. And that's what leads to that costing the US economy 200 to 300 billion dollars a year in the sick time and things like that, that come from stress, come from the extra stress that we put on people. I think that yeah, one's just when, so cool. Well, totally. When I think of like the micromanagers out there that I've had in jobs and, and how you just don't feel like you have any kind of autonomy over like what you're doing in any way right. versus those leaders who really like let you figure things out on your own and 
come up with, you know, projects or whatever it is on your own and how much better you feel from that. I think that that has something to do with this as well. So also, finally, predictable stress. This is really interesting to me. Even if it's very serious, predictable stress is less harmful than unpredictable stress. So again, if something like catastrophic happens, but you knew that it was coming... Uh, versus something out of the blue happening, then it's going to be less harmful, that predictable stressor versus the unpredictable out yeah. of the blue one. Let me tell you about this wild study where some of this data comes from. Okay. Is, this is looking at the medical records of people in Europe during bombings in World War II. Oh, wow. And what they found is that the incidence of ulcers caused by stress were actually lower in urban populations where the bombings were more regular compared to the suburban ones where the bombings were just occasional. They were more surprising and random. And that actually the, they extrapolated that to mean that the actual experienced stress was more physically harmful to the people where it was unpredictable, even though you'd look at that from the outside and go, getting bombed all the time is much worse than getting bombed sometimes. So that's kind of what we mean by even a very serious stressor. And that's not to say both groups were probably experiencing very high levels of distress. Yes. But, so it makes me think of something like if you know that every month at the end of the month is when your job just gets super busy and it's going to be really stressful, or maybe you're a postal worker and you know that Christmas time is going to be the busiest time of the year, whatever it is, that's less stressful than, you know, something else where you have maybe a very unpredictable boss who just lashes at you, lashes out at you or assigns you lots of extra things at certain times or something that feels more out of control. Hmm, interesting. I mean, this this locus of control thing also reminds me of self-efficacy <laughs> as sure. well, that we can have a sense of, oh, gosh, well, I don't know how to do this task, or I don't know how I'm going to tackle this task, but I think I can figure it out. You know, having that sense versus if it's like, I have no idea, and I, I just, there's no way I can figure this out. Um, yeah. You know, which, I mean, again, maybe appropriate in certain situations, but yeah, it's like that sense of self-efficacy can be something that really carries you through a very stressful situation. Yeah. So next one here is uh, your support network. We've already talked about this one a fair amount already, but basically that social support and especially touch will help to increase your oxytocin, which helps to combat the glucocorticoids, which are these steroid-like hormones that your body uh, produces during stress. But basically like when we think of... Um, when we think of stress, we tend to think of adrenaline or, ep yeah. or epinephrine, which happens right away. That's like within seconds of feeling stress, you're, you're feeling that high. These glucocorticoids are the ones that then take over in the longer term. These are the ones that let you run for hours to run away from that saber-toothed tiger as opposed to the one that makes you react really quickly right in the moment. Well, your body like literally gives you steroids if you need to run away from a it tiger. It literally gives oh, you steroids, yeah. 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 Wow. I guess that generally doesn't happen anymore. Well, well but, but I mean, does, we've I think we've, we've seen, you know, the stories. I feel like the story that most often gets cited is, you know, like the mom who purely on adrenaline is able to like lift up a vehicle that her sure. child is trapped under because 
you know, it's that very extreme stress response, but ultimately, a, you know, a good thing. Yeah. But this is actually tends, I'd say, in modern day to mostly cause us harm because those steroids being in are what do damage, especially to organs like our heart, which is why stress is very much linked with heart disease. Um, but that the oxytocin helps repair that as well as clear out those glucocorticoids. Um, so that's why that social support and touch, like not don't isolate yourself during these stressful times is really important. Yeah, that's tough right now, again, yeah. for, her, for some yeah, people, for really sure. Is. So before we move on to our next few categories of how you can have more eustress in your life, as well as a little exercise that you can do along with us at home, we're going to take a quick break to talk about how you can keep this show coming for free and spread the good news of multi-amory. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. And we're back, and we're going to keep talking about the things that will shift you closer to eustress and further away from distress. We're going to talk about motivation, persistence, and perfectionism, which is a little bit up my alley and kind of a bad witch sort of way if you know oh what i mean i appreciate how you were like jace can you throw yourself under the bus here not me under the bus like i don't want to throw myself under the bus no i was asking jace to tackle this question so that jace could be the one throwing me under the bus oh. instead of me having to throw myself under the bus well <laughs> but here bad. we are <laughs> so persistence which I think is related, I think, a little bit to the stuff we were talking about on self-efficacy or perception of control. But persistence is positively related to being able to get into flow and also closely related to having intrinsic motivation for getting through a stressful situation or a stressful assignment. However, perfectionism is negatively related to flow. Uh, basically, you know, a perfectionist will downplay their own skills they will kind of make the gap between what they feel like they can actually do on this task versus what the task requires a little too big, ironically, and they'll perceive that the challenge to be too large to actually 
experience flow. So as in they'll kind of perceive that performance gap to be a distressing thing rather than a mm. eustress producing thing. Uh, however, on the opposite end of perfectionism, if you're able to let go of perfectionist tendencies, there's an increased chance that you'll be able to get into flow on a task. Is this why I avoid writing all the time? Hmm. Even though oh. I feel like I am maybe passably good at it. But you're very I just, good at it. I just, all I do is I populate my Google Keep notes with writing prompts and ideas of stuff I would like to write about. Mm. And then I do not write. I, it could be related to it that for you, the perfectionism might be making you feel like the gap between what you want to do and what you think you can do is too great or where you're at now versus where you want to be is too great. But then the thing is that I find that once I start writing and I do get into that flow, then it's like, great. Then I'm like, I love this. No, I, I can totally relate to that. I think yeah, that one I'm comes terrible up. at practicing. So yeah, I hear you. Right. There's so many things like for me, like editing our shows, mm. like editing Drunk Bible Study or um, doing Your like ads. making music for me is something that it's so hard to get myself to do it. But once I do it, it actually is pretty easy to get into that flow where I'm just in the zone. But it is hard to get myself to do it in the first place sometimes. And maybe that causes me distress. Ah, oh, shit. There you go. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Connecting the dots. So let's talk about helping others. This is a good thing. So like, get yeah. outside of yourself. Help someone out. So a 2013 study about stress and death showed that even with large stressors like financial difficulty or family crises, uh, people who spent time caring for others saw no increase in mortality compared to 30% increase for people who didn't. So if you are caring for someone in some capacity, then again, like I said, it can kind of get you outside of yourself and help you to maybe not be so stressed out or to like take that stress and put it somewhere else onto yeah, just dump it onto helping, your partner. No, but like, <laughs> no. Helping someone else, you know, it, no, I, I think, yeah. yeah. I, I have heard important. I have heard this piece of wisdom of, you know, when you're feeling stressed out or confused or sometimes even like awkward, you know, that it's like put your focus on somebody else, on like yeah. getting to know somebody else and getting to care for somebody else and figuring out what somebody else needs that it's like this little brain hack that not only is good because it's, you know, helping other people, but also just helps you to shift that that felt sense. Yeah. Yeah, and so this this is actually very much related to our last point of this section, which is about your mindset. And essentially that that with all of this, I think I think you kind of I think dear listener that you kind of get that <laughs> here that with a lot of this is kind of about how you approach these things. And this uh, you know studies have shown that optimistic people or people with high self-esteem are more likely to have eustress experiences. And that that positive mindset increases the chances of a more positive reaction to a stressor as opposed to a negative one. And I'd recommend going back and you could check out our episode on self-esteem or, you know, other ones that we've done on those sorts of topics about that. But I think that's not really surprising that that's that 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 does help with all of this kind of more resilience or self-efficacy or or self-esteem. But this is the one that I thought was very interesting, kind of a similar study to the one that Emily mentioned, where stress, as we know, stress causes negative health effects. Uh, specifically, a lot of the studies tend to measure it by how many people in the study group die within five years after the study Gosh, was done or some wow. amount of time. Jeez. Goodness. Yeah, it's, it's maybe a grim Brutal. field of research. And 
So stress has been very demonized, right? Like in that one, Emily was talking about people who had large stressors like financial difficulty or family crisis were 30% more likely to be dead within five years than the people who weren't, unless they cared for others, in which case they hmm. didn't have that negative effect at all, which is pretty yeah. wild. There's another study that found a very similar thing. So this one was in 2012. It was a study of 30,000 people that asked them if they were under a lot of stress right now or not, like during the last year, I think is what it was. Like, are you, would you consider yourself under a lot of stress? And then the second question was, uh, do you believe that stress is inherently healthy or unhealthy? And this study found that the people who found the negative effects of stress were the people who identified as having it and also who believed it was unhealthy, as opposed to the people who believed that stress could be good for you, didn't experience the same increase in mortality over the next few years, which I think is maybe oversimplifying it a little bit, but I do think that it indicates that correlation between your approach to stress. And maybe that's because those people felt better equipped to handle the stress in their lives. You know, there's a lot of other questions, but I do think it really points to there being a strong impact to how you handle your stress and not just what stress is around me happening to me, but also kind of how, how you approach it, how you think about it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I would also like to shift the emphasis away from, I don't want anyone to feel like we're implying that it comes down to this like individual moral sense of, (laughs) do you personally as an individual think your stress is healthy or unhealthy? And that's going to be the thing that either damns you or blesses you for the rest of your life. Because I do think that on a macro-cultural level and micro-cultural level, we can be really influenced by these things. Like, I mean, I do think that there's a lot of cultures that are non-Western, non-American cultures where the response to stress is maybe a little bit more feeling like stress is going to be a predictable part of life and an Mm. understandable part of life and it's going to happen versus I do think that American and to a certain extent other Western cultures have received more of this baggage of... um, you need to be working all the time and that's how you are good and you shouldn't really be stressed about that and it shouldn't really be bad and your life should be comfortable. And if you're doing things right, you'll be both working all the time and also not stressed about it. I mean, think about it. It's It's like everyone tells you growing up, if you find your dream job, you're never going to work a day in your life, which is like not true. Even (laughs) if you do have your dream job, you know, it's still going to be stressful. But so I do think that uh, culturally this is so influencing that, that I think we've been really fed essentially a message of you should be doing things that are going to be inviting a lot of daily stress into your life, but you're not allowed to really complain about it or, Mm. or I don't, anyway, this is, this is me getting on a soapbox and starting to do a (laughs) Ted talk. So I'm just going to stop. Well, no. Yeah. And there are stresses that we, as you know, three white people don't have to deal with that people of color do just Mm -hmm. on a daily basis living in America. It, you know, that's something to think about as well that like we, don't have to deal with that. And that's just an added stress on other people's lives that that we don't even think of potentially that we don't have to deal with on a daily basis. So there's a lot there's a lot to unpack here when it comes to what kind of stresses we each have going on in our lives. Right. And I think that brings us back to sort of the key thing that we started this whole section of the episode with, which is it's 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 not realistic to say you're never going to feel distress. 
That's just not going to happen. That just will not happen. And, so, you know, there's even some research that makes the argument that we need a little bit of distress in our lives, too. That you don't, like, it's not realistic and also not even desired to get rid of that entirely. This is really just about, for each individual, rather than comparing yourself to other people or some gold standard that you've been taught about how much stress you should or shouldn't feel and how much work you should or shouldn't do, of instead looking at, okay, what in my life am I feeling distress about that maybe I can turn into feeling eustress instead? Or what are some areas of my life where I could be taking actions to decrease the amount of distress causing things in my life? Or what are some ways that maybe I could be leaning into some experience I avoided because I thought, oh, that's a stressful experience. I should avoid it. That's what I've been told to do. And instead go, actually, maybe that one's the good kind of stress. And if I had more of that in my life, that actually might help these other things not feel so bad. So that's kind of all it's about. It's just wherever you're at, can't like, is there any little thing that you can do to shift yourself a little bit away from the bad stress and toward the good stress? And so, in that spirit, I have an exercise. Are you ready? Of course. You want to do yes. this? Do we get to dress up like good and or bad witches? <laughs> if you want to add that Halloween to it, happened a little totally. bit ago. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yes. I mean, Halloween wasn't too long ago. Yeah, you could drag your, your Glinda the Good Witch costume out of there. Ah, uh, finally, I can dust it off. <laughs> finally. I can't imagine you in a big pink outfit, Dedeker, considering like currently you're wearing sort of like All a black. bat... A black yeah. bat outfit. <laughs> Since lockdown, I've definitely shifted much more into this dark business witchy kind of direction. Yeah, right. Form like formal witch direction is there kind of what I've found myself slipping into, which is surprising. Yeah, I was thinking all like kinds of office. surprising things have come out of this year. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Dedicate the office witch. Yes, yes. Your your friendly office witch. Love it. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's the exercise and. In doing this at home, ideally, you'll try to come up with more things. But I would love for, for you two, Emily and Dedeker, to uh-huh. um, just try to come up with one of each. So let me explain what this is here. So first of all, think of, or ideally write down, some stress experiences that you've had in the last few days or weeks or months, you know, sometime relatively recently. And try to think of at least one experience that is more of a distress, where you felt just overwhelmed or panicked or just out of control or, or let down or something like that. And then try to think of at least one where the odds seemed stacked against you or you were in over your head, but you did succeed. Right? And this could be something big or it could be something very small that, that's Distress and eustress happen both in big and small scales. So this could be anything from financial troubles to work stress or relationship stress. Or it even could be something just like, I did a really challenging hike, or I beat my personal best lifting weights, or I started dating someone new, or I moved, or I even watched a scary movie, or like I played a horror game in VR. That's personally something that was distressing to me. I don't think I (laughs) could do it. But right, like whatever it is, big or small, do you each have one? One of each? Yes. Yes. Can you you share? Uh, Sure. So one of the big like 
you said financial troubles, and I had a lot of debt at the beginning of this year. Mm. And when I got laid off, I was just like, geez, I'm not going to be able to pay off this debt. And it's going to be like yet another year where I haven't paid off this debt. But in reality, um, I was able to, because like, I'm at home all the time and I'm not traveling. I'm not doing anything else. I was actually able to like pay off way more than I ever expected this year, which has been one of the really good things for this year. So that initially was a huge, Mm, because it was a huge distress in my life for years. And now it's like potentially by the end of the year, I'll be debt free, which I like haven't been since moving to Los Angeles. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, I guess, geez, the other one that I was going to say is that I got called on Sunday because I did not look at my schedule and I was supposed to be at work when I wasn't there, and that was really bad. So nice. when I got yeah. when I got to work, yeah, I was. I'm always second on on Sundays, and for whatever Oof. reason, they scheduled me first. Didn't Oof. look at the schedule because it never changes, and so they called me and they're like, "Yeah, it's ten, and you're not here. What?" Yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah, I went eighty down the four or five. That was okay. fun. Those are those are great. Those are great examples. I mean, okay. please be safe on the road. Okay, Denica, okay. Yeah. how about you? Don't do that. Oh, do you want the good witch first or the bad witch first? Let's go same as Emily. Good witch then bad witch. Um. Okay. So in the last few months, uh, I mean, this is a little bit of a a joint, a shared good witch, as uh-huh. it were. Uh, we wrote a book proposal. Yeah, the three of us. For multi-amory mm-hmm. um and you know i did my part in that and that's another experience where you know i think writing anything for me honestly is a little bit stressful and writing another book proposal was stressful figuring out how the three of us co-write together was stressful working through six different versions of this book proposal was stressful <laughs> yeah. but uh-huh. like we did it and i did it you know, my my part that I was writing of it did it and and completed it and got it all signed off on. And so that felt really good at the yeah. end. Yeah. Someone pick it up, please, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you happen to run a, a like super successful publishing company and you're into this, then let us know. Um, we have a following. <laughs> yeah. So my bad stress, my bad witch was, gosh, a couple months ago when I was visiting my mom and we ended up needing to take the dog to the emergency yeah. vet because of a situation. We were there for like eight hours and it was, I mean, it didn't help that my mom, I think, is generally a very distressed person most mm. of the time. And so I fed off of that. And I mean, we got through it and it was funny on the other side of it, but it was a really rough really rough time the whole time dealing with this situation yeah yeah okay this is perfect so so that's step one is to make this list and if you're doing this at home or if you two want to do this later come up with more like come up with as many as you can and try to have some in each category right just 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 write them down okay so step two is to then categorize them as eustress or distress and if you want like write them in two different columns right like these are the eustress ones these are the distress ones and then okay now for each one write down or think about the physical and mental symptoms that you felt during that time so for example my heart was pounding, I was super angry, or I felt energized, or I wanted to collapse and give up, or I got super focused, or I felt powerless, I felt alone, or I felt aroused, 
or, <laughs> you know, <Ooh. laughs> something like that, right? What, whatever it is, or I felt like tingly or whatever it is, just kind of what were the physical and mental things that, that came along with each of those experiences. And then, you know, write those down ideally next to them for this, for, for you two, we can just talk about it. But if you're doing it at home, so then write down like some notes, right? About I felt dizzy or I felt energized or whatever it is. Okay. You got that? Yeah. Okay. Now look at your list of distressing situations and can you identify any common patterns either in what causes them? And I know this is, you two only came up with one example of each, so you're not going to see as much of a pattern here, but you might be able to think about this is, do you see any common patterns in either what causes them or what you experience? So for example, it could be, I noticed that the ones in my distress column are all caused by something surprising, right? Like, like maybe Emily's example of, I got a call from work saying I was not at work when I should be, that it, that it caught me by surprise, right? Or maybe it's, I noticed that all of the bad feeling ones, I feel angry or all of the bad feeling ones. I just want to collapse and go back to bed or kind of whatever it is like identify patterns. Any, anything come to mind for either of you in the distress category for that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Em. Uh, yeah. I think that like feeling like something happens that I have little to no control over or yeah, it's like surprising. Mm. I, although I will say, I don't know those, those really intense situations. I do feel like I, I handle them fairly well, like in the moment, like I can kind of just like calm down. Like at the beginning of this year, when I was coming back from China, I left my passport in the taxi. Right. I remember that story. Gosh, it was, it was intense because I had to make a flight and I couldn't get back otherwise. Mm. And Disney was paying for it and all of this stuff. And so, yeah, I, I just kind of, I felt like I got in the zone because I had to problem solve in a different country with a bunch of different, you know, with a different language that I couldn't speak. Right. And so I don't know. I think that that is a pattern. And even with the thing a couple days ago, uh, not going to work on time. I was just like, well, I can't do it. I have to, I'll just get ready in seven minutes and freaking get out the door and speed. Like, that's what I have to do. Whereas the other one at the beginning of this year, when I felt like I was uh, not going to be able to pay off my debt, that felt like I was really powerless. Mm. And I was just going to have to keep spending money on my credit card because I'm broke all the time or whatever. Right. Which was interesting. So the empowerment kind of comes from those intense, stressful situations for me at times. Mm-hmm. Whereas the long term ones, where I'm just like, okay. well, this is how my life is. Yeah. And so I just more have to powerless, deal with that. maybe. Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting. That's interesting. What about for you, Dedeker? Do you notice anything? Um, I mean, with the distressing ones, definitely when I'm thinking about other like very clearly distress, bad witch kind of stress situations in my life, you know, it feels like the things in common are a sense of like collapse and wanting to give up um, or like much more body tension than Mm -hmm. when I think about the kind of more positive stress situations, also feelings of powerlessness. Ironically, when I think about that situation with with 
you know, my mom and the emergency vet and things like that, it felt like it was kind of two sides of the same coin. Like on the one hand, I felt like what really increased the stress in that situation was like, I'm the only one holding this all together. Like I need to hold my mom together. I need to hold the dog together. I need to hold my grandfather, who's the actual owner of the dog together. You know, like it was this weird combination of like, oh my God, I'm extra stressed because I need to hold all these people together. But then at the same time, I do feel like that kind of caretaking thing kicked Mm. in of like, well, I have to take care of other people. And so I don't have a choice to be the one who collapses in this. And so that also kind of got me through it until I could, you know, get to the end of the evening and then just like cry myself to sleep. Jeez. Right. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to do the same thing, but with our eustress column. And I feel like you two have already kind of yeah. veered into that territory yeah. a little bit, but is that like, what do those experiences have in common either in what caused them or in how I felt with them? So you've kind of talked about it a little bit already, but it sounds like feeling like there's something you can do about it. Yeah, the like having that pressure on on me to problem solve in the moment is something that I think I can handle well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't I don't know it like it makes me very focused Mm-hmm. And that's something that I I feel like I'm good at, whereas other people do just kind of like fall apart in really intense situations. But I'm right. able to kind of like veer into them, and and that can turn, in my opinion, like really stressful situations into more of a eustress situation for me. And and it's interesting you bring that up because something yeah. that we're going to talk about a little bit more in the bonus has to do with the like time urgency of things. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll, yeah. we'll get into that a little bit in the bonus. That um, it tends to be good for me, right. which is not. I wish that I like was not a procrastinator, <laughs> but sometimes I am, and it actually like is helpful to me to to focus me. Right. But so, yeah, that's interesting that you pointed out that the more distressing things earlier tended to be kind of longer term that you're just like, well, this is my life as opposed to a more acute stressor. You're more likely to be able to get into eustress of like, okay, I'm going to focus. I'm going to get this figured out. So that's, that's a good pattern to notice. Yeah. What about you, Dedeker? Um, well, when I think about the more positive situations or positive stress situations, I mean, what I find in common are things like, feeling energized, but also sometimes combining that with also a sense of wanting to procrastinate, Hmm. you know, Uh, and wanting to kind of push things off. Um, Feeling, I don't know, for me, it feels like this kind of roller coaster sensation. That's what I get out of it. And honestly, I have like a mixed relationship with roller coasters in general like a love hate relationship (laughs) you know so so i think that makes sense where it is this combination of like oh gosh this is really scary and i can feel my heart pounding and i can feel my adrenaline kicking in but it's also going to be really exciting and and fun and i know when i get to the other side of it i'm going to feel pumped Mm, or alive or excited or stuff like that so yeah I, i feel like for me when i think about um what's in common with all these kind of more eustressy situations is like that roller coastery feeling. Yeah. But it sounds like also kind of having the end in sight at the same time kind of helps you to weather the roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Very cool. Okay. So last part of this is then just looking at that. And I think this is something that you could keep doing ongoing. You know, you could check in with yourself every 
week or month or when you do your journal at night or whatever it is, and essentially to look at those patterns that you've identified between the two, and then to say, okay, for all of these things, for all the stressors, I essentially have two options. Either I find a way to eliminate as many of the bad stressors as I can, right? So just like, okay, maybe one of my distressing things is this particular relationship or, you know, in this particular area of my life. And maybe that's something that I need to change, right? Whether that's going to counseling or therapy for that, or that's ending that relationship or changing it somehow or something, right? Just as an example. So option one is find a way to remove as many of the distressing things as you can. You won't be able to do all of them, but whatever you can. And then your other option is to see if there's any way that you could look at those patterns and turn that thing from distress into eustress. So could be, is there a way that I could maybe break this longer term thing into shorter term things where the end is more in sight or I feel like, okay, I'm like, I have to get this done by one hour from now. So I'm going to oh do it. <laughs> right. Like, cause I know that that engages me in that way. Or maybe it's that I need to have some something on the line. Like I need mm. to tell someone else I'm going to have this thing done by by next month. Don't you even worry. I got this. So then you have some like pride on the line if you don't do it. Or uh, perhaps it's lowering the stakes a little bit or lowering the goal a little bit to make it feel just attainable enough to get you into that eustress mode. Right? There's, there's lots of different ways. And I, I think that the whole point here is to just kind of be creative and look at those patterns for yourself to try to see, okay, what makes me more likely to end up over here? And is there any way I can add a little bit of those things to these distressing ones? Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you two for joining me in this exercise. <laughs> so, I'm going to go get out um, of my Glinda the Good Witch costume. Just give me a second here. Okay. Okay. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that off before we do the bonus. Uh, <laughs> so for our bonus today, we're going to be talking about procrastination and some interesting research into the field of active procrastination and how this can potentially lead you to having more flow states. And it's, it's all the rage these days, I guess. <laughs> I just learned about it recently. It's not a new thing exactly, but I just learned about it. And so we're going to talk about that and how it relates to flow state and eustress in our bonus for patrons. And now we want to hear from you. We want to know about your accomplishments on our Instagram, on the day that this episode comes out, on our Instagram stories, we have a poll where we want to know what is a challenge that you recently overcame? Something that was a little bit outside of what you could do, but you were able to do it anyway. We would love to hear from you. Also, we want to discuss this episode with you. The best place to share your thoughts is with other listeners on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multiamory.com. Multiamory is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Dedeker Winston, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Shenork and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. 
The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.